Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany for the week of February 4th, 2024, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited that first and foremost, I'm going to open up this podcast with saying thank you. I know as I am recording this, it's right at the end of January, and it's been a really good month. It's been a really solid month. I really have enjoyed watching and kind of seeing how this is coming together early on this year. I have a really good feeling about this year, and I'm excited that we have a core group here on the journey. The first few weeks, these numbers have been fantastic. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining in. As we've talked about, I feel like this is a year to challenge us to let's grow. Let's prepare for worship week to week. And sometimes that means even sharing it with other people so that we are all prepared for worship. I think it's such an exciting and fun thing to be prepared for worship in a way that most of us typically aren't. Going through the text beforehand, I think, does open up our eyes to a new way of looking at this stuff. And it's so exciting to be looking at and thinking about it in that way. And I'm also just excited. Here we are, end of January. How are some of these different goals and resolutions going? I hope they're continuing to go well. I know there's a lot of fun things, and we're not even 35 days into the year. We're doing great. There's a lot of time here left. There's a lot of things to continue to do. So let's just jump into the question that we had for last week, which was, Are you currently participating in or previously participated in citizen science? And if so, what? And I got a couple of responses back. One of them talking about even just working within different state parks or different things of that nature and the different like friends of societies. And I think that's awesome because there is a lot of great work that can definitely be done to help with bigger science projects of the like and such coming from groups like that. And they're a very important thing. But one thing I'll definitely throw out that this person said that they kind of got a little old for citizen science. And I would disagree. If you get too old for the type of citizen science you're doing, there's definitely another type of citizen science that you can be doing. There's always different ways to be plugging in. And I think it's such an important way of doing that. There's also one thing as I was editing the podcast last week and really listening back to the quote that I used last week from Alexander Fleming, the one who helped discover penicillin. I felt like I needed to read it in another way, and I felt it was super interesting. So hear me out. I will read the original quote of what I said last week. Penicillin started as a chance observation. My only merit is I did not neglect the observation. Alexander Fleming. I'm going to change one word. I think you'll pick it up, but I think it explains so many different things to us in a fascinating way. Faith started as a chance observation. My only merit is I did not neglect the observation. I think that is a really fun way of thinking about faith in general. It's an observation that many of us are acknowledging and we're looking for. And as we make this observation, it continues to open our eyes to think about new and different ways in which we can continue to see our faith recognized out in the world. And I think it's one of the things, especially with me doing this podcast, that I am very passionate about, and I feel it's something that as a world we need to continue doing, especially as a church, continuing to figure out ways that we're seeing God out and amongst us in ways that we didn't expect. And I think it's a key to really being able to open up and better understand 
a new way of how we are looking at and understanding God in a fascinating way that I think plays very well into the 21st century. But let's just jump into it. The Old Testament text for the week this week is out of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 to 31. This has kind of two parts to it. Isaiah getting the word from God where God is kind of, who can you compare me to? Where is this person that you can compare God to? I have been there since the beginning. I am still here. Is there an equal that you can find? And God is basically stating, no, you really can't. But on top of that, it's because there is no one that you can compare me to. It's then recognizing that and being able to acknowledge that I, the Lord, want to then draw near to my people. I hear you. I care about you because this is hard to understand because there is nothing that can be compared to me. And thus, I want to be there. I want to build this relationship with you. And I will bring you to places that you do not understand at this moment, that you don't feel that you are able to do, but I am able to do. And thus, we will get there. The psalm this week, then, is Psalm 147, verses 1 to 11 and 20c. This is a praise psalm. It's broken down into a couple parts, and we kind of have part one and part two. But it's the idea of recognizing how God has continued to heal his people and be with his people and showing the power of who God is, and then also giving thanks that God is then in and around us all over the place and all these different places, in the clouds, in the earth, in the grass, in the hills, in the animals, in the food. There's so many places that then God is around us, and in this would get us to the point where we praise the Lord because of all these things that God continues to provide for us. The epistle text or New Testament text this week is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 to 23. This is a text that can easily get bogged down a little bit because the law comes up so much. But it's the idea here of what Paul is stating that preaching the word is not something necessarily to be boasted about. And it's not something that we should be looking for a specific reward from. But it's also the idea that God is using God's word to be able to go out to the people to speak to those people. So it's meaning that we also have to be able to understand that at times we as humans make rigid ways of looking at and interpreting the scripture. And at times where, yes, we got to still play within the rules of what God has commanded us, but we also have to understand there are times that to reach new people, we need to open our ideas on how we think about and look at these texts. Think about and how do we interact, be able to connect with new outsiders with these texts. And that isn't necessarily becoming weak. This is something that then is helping us strengthen our ideas on who God is because of that. The gospel text this week is out of Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. We are continuing right down that first chapter of Mark. So this is picking up immediately after last week. As they leave the synagogue, they enter the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law is in bed with a fever. 
Jesus comes, heals her, she immediately gets up to serve, and then others who are sick and possessed with demons, remember, he just cast out demons in the temple. People are bringing people, and this is what Jesus is doing. The whole city starts to gather because they're hearing about this from various diseases and all these different things. In the morning then, Jesus gets up, goes to a deserted place to pray. Spend some time with God, which I think is also an important part here just to recognize. We all need that time away in order for us to pray. We all need that time for refresh. Simon and his companions finally find him. Everybody's looking for you. And I think then the last two verses are really important here. Jesus responds with, Let us go on to neighboring towns that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And then he continues throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in synagogues and casting out demons. This idea of how Jesus is not staying put. Jesus is pushing his early disciples to continue to move. This is not a stationary thing. This is not something where we get comfortable. This is something where we need to continue to move forward. This is not a faith where we're just constantly in a state of comfort. We are told to continue to be uncomfortable and push forward with our faith in order for us to continue to grow. So before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, do a shameless plug. Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some ideas, some different directions, and there's some great commentaries and great other podcasts over there. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really enjoy looking at the Revised Common Lectionary week to week. I like how they lay out the text week to week. I like how they have art, prayers, hymns, colors that are used within these texts. I think it's a great resource if you haven't checked out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I highly recommend it. I really enjoy using it, and I use their texts every single week. If you're a high school student, I also highly recommend checking out Gus Davis Academy for Faith, Science, and Ethics at Gus Davis College. I was able to go to this week last year. I'm in early discussions to see if I can make an appearance this year. I'm checking my schedule, and I'm really excited to announce they are coming back again, and this year's topic I think is so exciting. It's on how and why do we sleep, revelations in rest. We have talked about this a little bit in the podcast, so I am really, really excited to hear what they have to say on this. They're having a sleep scholar come in and talk about this stuff. It's a super exciting week. If something like faith and science is exciting to you and you're a high school student listening to this, please seriously look into doing this. It is from June 15th to the 21st in 2024 at Gus Davis Adolphus College. And I'll even say this, if you are really interested in going, feel free to reach out to them for scholarships, but I also have a coupon code. So if you are interested, please reach out and I can share that coupon code with you. I am really excited about the Gus Davis Academy for Faith, Science, and Ethics this upcoming year. Finally, I'd also like to shout out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and the Green Blades Rising Publications. They are the first link in the show notes under the references section. It's a great 
place to be checking out different commentaries, discussions, echoes, and urgencies about the environment, thinking about these different texts. If you enjoy listening to me talk about faith and science week to week for a half an hour every week, you would enjoy checking this stuff out. I'd highly recommend going out into the show notes and taking a peek at those. Jesus challenging us to continue to go out. I think sometimes is hard. We like being in a comfort zone, especially here being a United States citizen. We have a very comfortable faith overall. We haven't really necessarily seen a ton of persecution. It's an easier faith for many of us. And we even have where Paul is talking about in the letters on how we need to be able to adjust how we are understanding or talking about the gospel at moments, but still falling within the law to be able to make sure that we are getting a picture of God and being able to make it relatable to others around us. These are hard things for us necessarily always to get our head around. When we think about how all this stuff plays out and how this all works, it's sometimes really difficult for us to get our head around And especially like when we look at the Old Testament text out of Isaiah, where God is trying to help us expand our ideas and trying to get us a small grasp of how big God is. It's hard. It's really difficult for us to understand. But I think that's where it's also that venturing out into deeper waters, that venturing into something that isn't necessarily comfortable, that continued to trust and walk deeper is something that is super important. And when I was thinking about this this week, there was something that popped up for me, and it's something I have thought about before, but I've never thought about it in the context of the podcast. And that is looking at Boston Dynamics and specifically their flagship consumer product of Spot. Now, Boston Dynamics is a robot company in Boston, Massachusetts, and they have been working on developing robots. And there's lots of different viral YouTube clips that they've had over the years as they have been continuing to work with their different autonomous robots. But Spot has been one that has been kind of controversial, but I think there is some huge upside with it. I'll attach a couple videos down below. Marquise Brownlee of MKBHD and Chloe Abrams of Huge If True have kind of gone through and talked about some of these. And it's really interesting. Spot is a quadriplegic robot. And think of it kind of like the size of a medium-sized dog. There's four limbs that walk around and it kind of gives the impression that it's a dog. It has two cameras on its face, two cameras on the side, and one at the rear. And it's being implemented in various different situations, such as fire departments, police departments. We have seen it in construction companies. We have seen it in factories. We have seen it going into deep mines. We have seen it in defunct nuclear power plants. It's starting to do some of these different jobs. And what it's becoming known for specifically is for inspecting. So being able to inspect packaging to make sure it's airtight 
inspecting equipment, being able to go into places that would potentially be dangerous for humans for various different reasons, for robber tunnels and kind of see what's going on down there, being able to look at a place with radiation. That's one of them they have been doing with the Fukushima nuclear power plant is starting to send these in to look at radiation levels, also being able to see what it looks like inside since humans haven't been able to be in there for quite a few years because of the radiation. Being able to utilize it in construction to have consistent photos of the exact same spot to be able to see progress. And how they are doing this is that these robots get trained on a route so they can do it autonomously or they are controlled with a big controller that kind of looks like a Nintendo Switch where it has a screen in the middle and then joysticks on the side to be able to control this dog-like robot to go into these areas. And these robots cost between 75k all the way up to 300k for mostly for companies. But one of the cool things that's really implemented in these is then having data ports on the top of the dog to be able to put different sensors for LiDAR or heat photography or whatever they're needing, an arm to be able to like open doors and different things of that nature. And it's inspiring a lot of companies even to try looking and trying to figure out new different ways of doing this. And when we think about it, it's a fairly simple robot in the basic components. We're having five cameras, like I mentioned. We're having motors be able to have like the legs move and have it go up and down and walk at different speeds. It has a battery to be able to maintain the speeds. It has a computer and then these like autonomous like legs. And then if you're attaching anything else on. What this then has all been able to do is be able to help us get into some potentially situations that could be dangerous for humans. As MKBHD put it, he thinks of it kind of like the Mars rover projects, where technically we probably could send a person to Mars right away, but it'd be a lot easier to start with robots. And we've sent two different robots to Mars to be able to help explore and kind of figure out what's going on there in a lower risk situation when we're not dealing with human life. And it's a really fascinating thing because what is this really allowing us to do? This robot is allowing us to be like explorers, like the Mars rover was, like MKBHD said, here on Earth. Allowing us to look and be able to go to places that we wouldn't otherwise be able to go. Being able to go into the Fukushima nuclear power plant that is extremely high radiation still, but being able to do the test and not necessarily put someone at risk is huge. Being able to necessarily look at like a fallen building and kind of see what's going on. Is there other people there? Being able to potentially have where this dog like robot does a circuit that's very repetitive, that it would be very hard for a human, easy to overlook things where potentially you could have this robot continue to do this route and maybe see if someone gets hurt or something happens and being able to recognize that or being able to look for equipment that is starting to wear down as it's looking at it day after day after day that, oh, now we need to send someone out to replace this. These are huge. The potential here is quite astounding. 
But it's also this idea of it's challenging a lot of the different ideas and concepts that we had before. It's pushing us to think about, well, what would it be like if we suddenly had robots with cameras wandering around consistently all on these different missions and it just becomes part of day-to-day life? And there's things that are exciting about that where you could have, if something happens where someone started to have, say, like a heart attack or hurt their leg or had an injury, potentially one of these robots could help get people to help this person. It's amazing in concept of what could happen. But again, there's also things that we have to wrestle with and think about that it could also be taken the wrong way. And one of the things that Chloe Abrams brought up that I think is a really interesting analogy to be thinking about with these is if we think back a hundred years ago, this is very much what the plane was. And now we look at transportation by air being one of the safest, if not the safest way of us being able to transport ourselves around the world. But yet if we think back a hundred years ago, that's really scary. And that's where Spot is kind of at. And we have to then take this into consideration when we're looking at this text, especially coming out of Mark. What Jesus is doing is expanding our ideas and vision of God. We have to remember, specifically looking at like the Isaiah text, on here God is being, okay, remember how big I am, but I'm wanting this relationship with you. And yet the people are struggling with this idea and being able to fully grasp it. We see Psalms like that where we get glimpses of how big and how vast and how awesome God is, but it's hard to conceptualize. Here, then, Jesus comes and is physically with us, and look at what we've seen. Jesus comes, gets baptized, goes to the temple, talks to the scribes, impresses the scribes, casts out a demon, really impresses the scribes, leaves, heals Simon's mother-in-law, then heals the sick and casts out more demon, goes, leaves the prey. His disciples come and get him. Whoa, he's challenging him. We need to keep going. We aren't sitting and getting comfortable. This is not who I am. There's more to do, which then is this calling to us to continue to go deeper. If we think about what Spot's trying to do, Spot is trying to help us understand to be able to go deeper. It's helping expand our vision, expand our knowledge, expand our understanding for us to go deeper in like the Fukushima nuclear power plant or deeper into a mine that we wouldn't send a human into. This expands our understanding of who God is and it allows us to be able to go deeper. And that's what also then Paul is kind of reiterating in 1 Corinthians. He is trying to help us get around the idea of that we cannot get stuck with our understanding of who God is. We have to continue to grow. We have to recognize that, yes, there's these laws, but yes, we also have to be able to not get where we're adding additional human things to that, that we're missing then the blessings of what the gospel is and preventing us from going going out and sharing, preventing us from going out and understanding more about God. This is what Spot is really all about. Yes, there is task and different things that a lot of it humans can do, but it's also sometimes the tedious work, the different things that's allowing us to be able to go deeper, use our minds deeper, being able to expand our understanding and go deeper. And that is important. 
We were born with a curiosity. We were born to have this desire to keep learning. And I think there is in this, we see even in Mark here, that God, as Jesus came to be with us, is showing that Jesus is wanting that to be that curious part of us to be in faith as well, to be in how we interact with the world as well. Because I think there is a point where if we do lose that, we have lost a major part of self. But that also challenges us to keep going, even when it's hard. I give a lot of respect to my wife. There's a lot of things that we both have to keep fighting and wrestling with and continuing to go deeper and trying harder. Doing this podcast week after week is an example of that. But I know right now, and I can't get into all the details, but... She's looking at taking on a very difficult challenge, and I am so proud of her that she is preparing for this to take on this challenge. And I think that's a healthy thing for us to continue to grow. And I think in our faith, we need to be doing the same thing. I think in life, that's a major part of it, and I think that's what Jesus is reiterating. And when we look at tools like Spot or like we've talked about AI or all these different discoveries that we find out about the world, all the way even back to penicillin from last week, it allows us to understand things at a deeper level and helps us to grow in our understanding and our faith and allowing us to get more glimpses of what God is like, what God is able to do, all the amazingness that is out there with God. But it also prevents us from sitting still and getting super comfortable. Because at that point, then we aren't growing. There is a point of comfort that we need, but we still should have a challenge to keep us going forward. So the question I have for you this week is, where are you being challenged and it's allowing you to be curious? Where are you being challenged to allow you to be curious because I think that's so important in our life. And I think in doing that and recognizing other people around us doing that, appreciation grows for people, acknowledgement of the spirit within them grows, being able to collaborate on difficult projects grows, seeing the gifts and abilities of other people grows. We need to be able to do that. We need to be able to utilize tools to help us with that curiosity to keep us growing, to keep us moving forward. And just like in our faith and just like in science, we need to keep growing. We need to keep moving. We need to keep trudging through. We need to keep sprinting if we can. We need to keep at pace, whatever the forward movement is, that we keep going. And yes, there's times where it's scary. There are definitely parts to spot, and I'll encourage you to watch the videos down below. There are some things that are scary about this, and there's some precautions that Boston Dynamics have taken, but again, other companies aren't necessarily taking those same precautions. But I think it's also the aspect of when we look through history, there's so many times where that has happened, where people get scared, and when we quit innovating, when we quit looking forward, when we quit acknowledging that it's over it's no longer good we've gotten satisfied and i would argue there's a part of us then that is also missing the message yes jesus went and still prayed and refreshed but we can't stay there forever we have to have that curiosity to keep going and that's where 
whether it's something like Spot or whether it's us being able to figure out how to talk to people that we normally wouldn't talk to and hear how they are understanding the divine and being able to work with that and see how the spirit works through them and through us to be able to understand a new side of God, I think is super important. It's not getting our aspect of God totally fixated. It's allowing ourselves to be curious to keep going deeper. And in doing that, it allows us to grow. And in doing that, we are really fulfilling the mission and the call of what Jesus was laying out, I would argue, here at the end of the book of Mark, chapter 1. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.